You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so glad you could join me for this mini on processing anger in your marriage. Oh my gosh, we have so much anger and resentment in marriage and in culture from so many layered issues that today we're going on a deep dive in just a few minutes to make sure that you have something to take with you that's going to give you a piece of the healing processing of anger. And I think that's so important to marriage and life. And if you need even more of a deep dive on it, don't forget to sign up through Apple Podcast as the Wednesday series we're going through right now on our Deeper Dive series is all about the delving in of the layers, if you will, with me for Lord of the Rings analogies for a moment. We are diving in like Gimli or one of the dwarves on Rings of Power. And I promise that that is the last of the Middle Earth references for today. But I hope you're smiling about that or rolling your eyes in play. And you know what? That is a goal of mine is to get you lighter, even after a heavy episode like this, because I know we need both. We need to process together and we need the light play. And so we want to invite you back into that space as often as possible too. But first, let's make sure that we just at least own and acknowledge that sometimes in marriage we have anger and we know we have seven primary emotions and we won't go into all of those today but we have many scientists who have taken great pains to analyze the amygdala and all of the emotional centers there's multiple crossovers of brain chemicals going through to keep us survival wired to keep us either sometimes we run to be safe and small and to go away when we're upset sometimes that sympathetic nervous system takes us right into the fight space. And you heard right. If you're thinking, yes, anger is important for survival and you can't live without it. You have to be able to rise up in the injustices around you and let people know how you're doing. And I really want you paying attention today if you're an Enneagram 9 or a 1 or any of the types most likely, or maybe you're just in that space lately of stuffing anger. Or also if you're in that space of raging, I want you to pay attention to this episode because I'm going to give you some solutions. But I want to let you know first and foremost that anger is not bad. And I know sometimes over many years, teachers have probably told you it was and and they meant well, but ultimately parents, teachers, and other caregivers who have said to us, you shouldn't be angry or go sit alone if you're angry. Uh, not always the worst solutions, but also definitely not the best. Same thing with those who tell us go, you know, punch something. And we know that when they're saying that, they're really saying like a pillow or a punching bag. And, and we've all said that before, but even better is, of course, compassionate anger care that we're going to talk about today. Um, so, so make sure you're listening in. First, I'm just going to give you just a tiny bit of research in this mini episode, but I want to let you know how critical it is because I love the work of Dr. Gabor Mate 
MD, he has been studying along with many other scientists, the concept of anger and trauma. And sometimes he includes analogies about a biblical framework, but either way, I really like how he reminds us that, you know, you're allowed to be angry and yet in your anger, don't bring it out as something terrible. Because if you totally ignore your anger, there are actually studies on his website, actually a large US study that reminded us that women who are unhappily married, who kept quiet during conflicts with their mates were four times as likely to die over 10 year periods than their cohorts who were equally unhappy, but who did express their emotions. So it's also important to realize that even as we look at what are the short and long-term solutions and, and stats about all of our anger processing, we look to see that. We look to see how people can have autoimmune issues if they leave things depressed. And, and also, you heard me right, depression can come from keeping the anger turned inward. And it's just so important that you understand understand that at the same time, people who have rage issues also have very bad health often and can truly, like the volcanic fire, burn themselves and others. Not the glow we talk about on this podcast, burn one another. And we know that physiologically, the rage raises your blood pressure, it doubles the risk of stroke and heart attacks. And so we understand that we, we have to figure out ways to resolve situations constructively and not bottle it and also not rage out. Although this is a mini episode, I think it's perhaps one of the most important ones we've ever done because I think anger does hit you sometimes in your marriage wherever you stand, like I said, on either end of those spectrums. And you need to be able to be real with that to say, I have it and here's where I'm at. First thing I want you to do is just acknowledge that you get angry sometimes in your marriage. Some of us, like me, who grew up in a debater's family, I have absolutely no problem with that. I just thought that arguments were part of life. For others of you who I like how Steph Baron Hall, when she was on the pod, reminded us, grew up in low-context communication families, and sometimes those resentments developed because anger wasn't discussed. It was covered up in some way. And of course, as you heard me say earlier, sometimes rage was overdone in my family of origin. So we all have work to do in terms of both styles, and I think most of us have done a little bit of both. Not very often for most of us, but if you've ever had a moment where you experienced a hot rage or even a mildly brewing rage, it's just good to tell your spouse about it and just good to hear me say the truth is if you're human and if you're alive you do experience anger sometimes and it's okay and very healthy for you to acknowledge that to yourself and to your mate because it's a survival mechanism that's just one of the most primal brain parts of your created body. So it is what it is and it's a good thing. Now, what do we do though when we have these justification moments where we feel we've been wronged and we want to perhaps act aggressively or stifle it? Well, really quick, I'm gonna go through some tips for you so that you have a different way to behave with more compassion to yourself in it. First and foremost, as I said, if you need a deeper dive, go to our Wednesday series that is at Apple subscribers. But Really quickly, I want you to know that first and foremost, you need to look back at your childhood and at least acknowledge whether there was a system in place that prevented you from 
really experiencing healthy anger. And we know many times it was very well-meaning. Maybe there was a parent who said it's bad and go sit in the corner or here's the one, two, three system, but I'm not going to give you a chance to really talk it out with me. Hopefully we used a combination of this in our parenting or if you have littles, hopefully you're using a combination of I do know how to give space, but I also know how to come back and address things. But a lot of the time there just wasn't concepts like this available to predecessors, especially as we move past 20 or 30 years ago, even before that. And unless you were good at it intuitively and had a healthy system, you probably had a lot of you know unhealthy ways of doing anger. And so just kind of look back with me and say, how did that show up for my life? And what kinds of trauma have I experienced from that, from my attachment wounds? And how can I next really process my anger once I have looked back? So that's just an important piece for you to look back on. Take some time to journal it out if you need to, or if you're seeing a therapist, you can have a session with them to really talk out how this has looked for you in the past and just say, what was anger like growing up? Did I have a chance to express it? Was it healthy? Why wasn't it healthy? Uh, And now we move ahead with some awareness of the fact that whatever you experienced as a child, if you want to be healthily regulated as an adult, you're going to need to do something different um, unless you are already very healthy. But what I want you to do is I want you to really think about this nice analogy that we get, and that is the analogy of rain, and it is recognize the anger and recognize that you feel it and own it allow it. It is there. You don't have to stuff it down. It's important to be seen. And in marriage, it's important to be noted if it's significant, especially if it's not just a quick passing, real quick rub that's never happened before. Like, you know, your spouse rubs up against you physically, maybe in the kitchen and doesn't say sorry, but it's very rare that it's happened and you just move ahead. Like that might not be anything, but if it happens often and they're actually really inconsiderate, yeah, allow it and say it. But what do you do next in the, and this is the I in the rain, is you investigate it. You look to see like, why am I mad? And it might be something internal. Like I had a really crappy day at work or I'm having a really difficult time in my hormonal system right now. Or it might be, like I said, this is actually a thing. Like this this spousal thing that they're doing to me right now is a pet peeve that is, big because it continues to happen. Now, next, you'll be surprised at this one because I want you to lean into the end of this rain, and that is nurture. Nurture yourself with care at this point so that you can attend to the fact that you had a right to be angry. And you may even have a moment together with your spouse if you've shared it with them and they're able to do a turning towards behavior and say, I'm sorry that you guys can nurture one another. And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't because our spouse isn't always regulated with us. But when it can, it's beautiful. And I want you to try for that. And I want you to know it doesn't always happen every time. And that's why you also have a system that you can intentionally nurture as well. And you can say to yourself that, you know, you know this about your spouse. This is their tendency. This is their type. Maybe if you know Enneagram speak, you can say this is their subtype. This is something that they have a wound around, or this is their favorite way to relate to people. They don't mean anything by it. And really allow yourself to give a nurturing, healthy narrative about your spouse. And then lean into yourself and say the truth as well, which is, I'm just really feeling that survival anger come up because it feels like there's been an injustice and I just need to be nurtured right now. And so instead of just running off into this hiding space, 
it's good to say to your spouse, here's what I need. You know what? I've been angry and I think I really need to go just read for about 30 minutes. And if you remember Jessica coming on and talking to us a little while ago, uh, early January, she said, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. So going off in the corner to sulk and leaving for a week doesn't do it. But if you can maybe move from a week to, it only took me a day to process it this time. It only took me an hour. It only took me half hour. Then you can get back to playfulness and lightness, which is one of the other most important parts of your brain and your system. And it's so nice that you had a chance to release your anger so you didn't carry it with you all day. But those steps, again, for those who really just wanted to write them down are be able to recognize your anger and allow it in, investigate it, and then nurture yourself. Allow yourself that space to be healthy and to realize that anger is healthy. But don't lean into it in a way that's going to keep you riled up. And don't go rage hitting on things. And don't go stuffing it. Try to own it. You're angry for a reason and allow it to come through you in a way that allows you to be authentic but also attached so that you don't leave your mate for too long while you tend to your wounds. And yes, sometimes you just do have to lick those wounds, but I hope that you'll really do that well for yourself. Know that you're worth it so that you don't just say, forget it, forget it. I'm just going to stuff it all down or rage it all out, but that you take care of yourself. Give yourself the nurture that maybe wasn't there for you and just own. I'm scared. And when I'm scared, I sometimes have this feeling of intense rage inside of me. So I think this is an important episode for you to keep as one of your favorites. Make sure you share it if you know somebody else who has a struggle with anger or rage. If you need the deeper dive, you know it's there for you at Apple Podcasts. I hope you have such a good week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you loved today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.